This is Psalms to God, Season 1, Episode 33, Most Likely to Beat You at Everything. You can find the show notes for this episode at www.psalmstogod.com slash superwoman. Who can find a wife of noble character? She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts her, and he will not lack anything good. She rewards him with good, not evil, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the merchant ships, bringing her food from far away. She rises while it is still night and provides food for her household and portions for her female servants. She evaluates a field and buys it. She plants a vineyard with her earnings. She draws on her strength and reveals that her arms are strong. She sees that her profits are good and her lamp never goes out. She extends her hands to the spinning staff and her hands hold the spindle. Her hands reach out to the poor and she extends her hands to the needy. She is not afraid for her household when it snows, for all in her household are doubly clothed. She makes her own bed coverings. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known at the city gates where he sits among the elders of the land. She makes and sells fine linen garments. She delivers belts to the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she can laugh at the time to come. Her mouth speaks wisdom, and loving instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the activities of her household and is never idle. Her, her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also praises her. Many women have done noble deeds, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord will be praised. Give her the reward of her labor and let her works praise her at the city gates. Proverbs 31 verses 10 through 31 CSB. Welcome back to the Psalms to God podcast. So today we are talking about Superwoman herself. We are talking about the woman that can beat you at everything. She is great at everything. She does everything. She is flawless. She is a boss. We are talking about the Proverbs 31 woman or a virtuous woman. Y'all, I know all the Christian women who are listening to this podcast or any man who knows a Christian woman enough to have had this conversation knows this is some love hate relationship right here. I feel like every woman struggles with this passage and reads it and feels exponentially empowered and is like, yes, she is a boss. I can be a boss. God said that women can be awesome. This is great. Let's go. And then you read it and you're like, this is absolutely overwhelming how in the world is she functioning i don't want to do that i'm not trying to be all of that i just whoa anxiety panic attack breathe 
breathe. Okay. I know y'all feel me. Don't leave me out here hanging. I know because I've talked to people. I know y'all feel me. And I wanted to talk about it because as I was rereading this, I started realizing a lot of details that we don't really talk about that I want to talk about. And I also just wanted to talk about the overwhelmingness of it. Just the whole, just the whole concept of this Proverbs 31 woman. So I want to start with a story, um, a personal story to help you guys see where my journey with this concept of being a virtuous woman started and how it kind of came about. When I was in college, like the end of college, I'm not talking about like when I was 18, y'all. I'm talking about like right before graduation. <laughs> um, I started dating this guy. This was basically my first real, I guess, boyfriend or relationship. I don't even know if I would consider him a boy, whatever. We're not going to get into that. I'm not going to be petty. Um, I was talking to this guy and this is where it all started. I am, I feel like I am one of those people that is more conservative than people would think that I am, but less conservative than people might hope that I am. I don't know. I have a weird mix of, of in my personality. And so I'm one of those people that believes in waiting until marriage to have sex. So I've actually been doing that. That makes me a very old virgin. Yes, I'm admitting that. And so when I was 21 and dating this guy, I told him up front, I don't believe in sex before marriage. And I'm also a very blunt person. And so I did not want, I didn't want to go into it with him thinking like, oh, if I take her on this many dates, she's going to let me sleep with her. Or if I ask her to be my girlfriend, she's going to let me sleep with her or whatever. Like I wanted him to know upfront, like no matter what you do, unless we get married, you ain't getting none. Like I, I just didn't want there to be any confusion because I know how some guys are and I didn't want him to feel like, oh, I did this and I did that and you being stank or whatever. So I put it out up front. He was like, okay, cool, cool. And a lot of guys, I don't really know, like at this age, people kind of look at you like you're crazy and you've lost your mind. But definitely in the younger years when I was like 20, 21 and stuff like that, people are like, oh yeah, I respect that. You're a good girl, blah, blah, blah yada 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 and they'd be like okay cool i'm good with that and then like two days later i'm exaggerating with this two days it was more like two weeks um they upset and they can't handle it and they're not trying to date you no more and so we ended up breaking up obviously and you know the words that he used to convey his point could have been much better but in the end it's like okay I respect that you have very different beliefs than I do, so that's fine. But all of this came together at a very crucial moment. Um, the friend circle that I had, we were all kind of going through a similar thing. At the same time, I had a friend who had been dating this guy for pretty much the whole time I had ever known her. Um, she had started dating him before I met her. And they were also going through some struggles 
for basically the same reason that she didn't want to have sex before marriage and he basically changed his mind mid-game and kind of was deciding to do his own thing. And so I was hearing her side of the story and we were kind of sharing this problem together. And so in this, we were having these conversations and we're talking to our male friends because both of us were in engineering fields. So we have a lot of male friends and I don't know. There's something about having to code switch in engineering that just turns you into one of the guys, which could also be why I'm still single. But like I found that a lot of times guys start talking to me like I'm one of the guys. And sometimes y'all be saying stuff and I'm like, look, save that for your boys because I don't need to know that much. I don't need to know that much about the male psyche because you you're ruining all my images of you right now. But sometimes it happens and they, I mean, they're being honest, which I appreciate, but you start learning things about how they're viewing women that totally shift everything you thought you knew and how you feel about yourself. And coming into this, what we found was that a lot of these guys did not care about any of the things we thought were important. They just wanted to get some. And you could argue that it was just those guys, but it was so many of them that that was an overwhelming feeling. I definitely don't think that most, let me not say that. I don't think that all guys think like that. I don't know if I think that most guys think like that, but I definitely know that there are a lot of guys who do think like that. And what ended up happening is we started to realize that they didn't care if she was a great person, if she was a humanitarian, if she loved, if she was out here doing charity work, if she had a big heart and was super compassionate. They didn't care if she was really smart and she was, you know, gonna do great things in her career or that she was, you know, talented at something, that she made great things. They didn't care if she was a great cook, if she could cook at all, if she was great at, you know, domestic things, cleaning and whatnot. They didn't care about that. They didn't even care if she was the prettiest girl in the room. What they cared about was that she was willing to have sex with them with the least amount of effort. And that is possibly the most heartbreaking and depressing thing to think, particularly at 21, 22 years old. It was like everything that I've been taught as a woman, things like, you know, your grandmother telling you like, oh, you gotta, you gotta learn how to cook or else you ain't never gonna have a man. These things don't matter. They don't care. Like it's, I'm not single because I'm ugly. I'm not single because I'm a mean girl or because I don't do anything. I don't have any talents. I'm single because I won't have sex with y'all until you marry me. Oh my goodness. Like when you sitting there thinking about this, you're like, it was a very overwhelming sadness or like heaviness that came from that and so I think from my group of friends I think we all had different ways of coping or like reacting to it but thankfully I have a very close relationship with my lord and savior and I didn't go off the deep end and start acting a fool um, I just became closer to God and more resolved in my 
character or in what I wanted to be. However, that is the time that I was a hardcore Rihanna fan because I fully understood the concept behind Good Girl Gone Bad. Um, There's like a lot of a lot of Rihanna songs, if you listen closely, have kind of this this heart in it where it's like you wake up one day and realize that you out here trying to be this Proverbs 31 woman and these guys out here ain't valuing that and there's this feeling that you're going to be out here waiting forever. Meanwhile, they out here entertaining these girls that is doing the most. And you're like, I'm just going to go out here and do the most too. I'm going to have fun while I'm waiting on y'all. Y'all got these long rap sheets. I might as well get me one too. And I feel like that's why some girls end up where they do. That's Like I said, people have various reactions when you end up in that situation, when you feel like that. And that's also why I think it's so important to talk about the Proverbs 31 woman in a realistic sense, in a a real context. Because I'm not suggesting y'all listen to Rihanna. I'm not because since then I have um, slightly different opinions about guarding the avenues to your mind and your heart. So I don't just listen to anything. But at that time, y'all, I guarantee you, if you play Rihanna songs from that time, I know every lyric because... That was my, I guess, outlet or my um, solace or whatever. I was like, yes, I get you, girl. I understand what you're talking about. But the Proverbs 31 woman becomes overwhelming because after having experiences like that, and I'm going to tell you, nothing ends a date or a series of dates quicker than telling a guy, you ain't trying to have sex until you get married. I respect the guys who accept that and will just end it there. I'm not going to lie. I respect that. Don't waste my time. But it's still disheartening because every time it happens, you're like, well, God told me to do this and I'm doing it. And God, where's this husband that you're going to give me for listening to you? Um, And you start to feel like it ain't ever going to happen. And people don't necessarily prepare you for the fact that it may be way later than you thought. I mean, when I was a kid thinking about this, I thought I'd be married in my 20s. Here I am, 31, still single, just like, okay, that's not, that wasn't the plan, God, but okay, we're going to go with your plan because it's probably a better plan. It's definitely a better plan. Um, and so I wanted to talk about how all of this relates to the Proverbs 31 woman who... Like I said, in our society doesn't seem to be valued at all. But when you start getting around Christian men, they be quick, quick to point to this. That's what they expect. They want this. And um, sometimes, you know, some of them got some some skeletons in their closet. And you're like, you've been out here doing the most, but you want a perfect wife. Okay, I see you. It's good to hope for per- perfect things. <laughs> but... It's, like I said, it's overwhelming. As a woman, you're like, I, okay, I got to have a great personality. I got to be, you know, a businesswoman, a career woman. I got to be a homemaker and, and, and a domestic, you know, person who can keep all these things and, and, and cook and, and feed everyone. And I've got to have a heart for the poor. And, you know, I, I got to have my side hustle where I'm selling these 
fancy garments that I've made and, and be fashionable and, and all this stuff. And um, when I went back and read it, I reread it this morning as I was thinking about doing this episode. And I realized something very important that's never discussed. I've never heard anyone discuss this aspect of Proverbs 31. Um, there is a theme that goes through Proverbs 31 where it's talking about this woman planting a vineyard, using the fruits of her, her labor or the fruits of her hands to create things and you know feeding people and all of these things. Y'all know I love food. The whole theme of my podcast is centered around this concept of spiritual food versus physical food. And, you know, we're talking about the fruit of the spirit this season. So I think you should see already where I'm about to go with this. There are heavy spiritual aspects to this passage. I'm not saying it's not 100%, you know, literal. I do think that you can be a great woman um, with your personality, that you can be great at all of these things, you can excel at all of these things and do all of these things well. But I also think that the main reason that God gave us this passage is to recognize the spiritual responsibility of a woman of God. So in the passage, it talks about her bringing food from afar. It talks about her waking early to feed her house that she buys a field and starts planting a vineyard, right? All of these things, like I said, fruits of her labor, fruits of her hand to, to create things. Then it says that her lamp is always on. In the Bible, it talks about us being a light. We're supposed to be shine the light of Christ in every space we go in. That is the light. That is the lamp that's always on. She is holy, she that's why it ends talking about that a woman of God is the most important thing you can find that that's a priceless thing to be or or to find because the entire thing is talking about being a woman of God and that can never just be a physical literal thing it's a spiritual thing it's talking about these this food that she's feeding her family this her getting up early to feed the house we're talking about the fruits of the spirit. We're talking about spiritual bread, spiritual food. <clears throat> the reason her household runs smoothly, the reason she's able to accomplish all of these things is because she has submitted to the fruit of the spirit. She has love. She has joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, self-control, patience. I already said patience. Sorry, guys. Um... <laughs> But all of these things are what make it possible for her to be this person. This is why her husband trusts her. This is why her husband loves her. This is why her kids love her. Because in every situation, she is able to let the Holy Spirit guide her actions. She's able to let this light shine. And I think that that is a very important aspect of this passage is to realize it's not just, it's not really about being perfect at everything it's not saying like you're less of a woman because you don't know how to sew that's not what this passage is saying it's saying that you are able to weave together relationships and and you know um an atmosphere in your house in your family that is conducive to spiritual growth 
the man is supposed to be the spiritual head of the house. But let's be honest, you cannot, as the spiritual head, you still need somebody to lean on. We have a president, but we have a vice president, right? You have a CEO of a company, but you have people who fill in when he's not there. There's There has to be somebody to bear some of his burden to help him be strong. That was the purpose of woman from the get-go. Not just to not to be bossed around like in a dictatorship, but to support her husband and to to help him. And so yes, it's the man's responsibility to be the spiritual leader, to be the spiritual head, but it's also the woman's responsibility to to follow and to support him. And you can't support the spiritual head if you're not spiritual yourself. If if he is holy and godly and doing all of these things and he's struggling, but I have no spiritual basis of my own, we both going to fall. We both going to be on the ground like, Lord, why'd you leave us? But if I am also cultivating my spiritual goodness and I'm exuding these fruits of the spirit and I'm able to feed my family spiritually, if he falters then I can help him get back up. I can be like, yo, babe, let's pray together. Let's have a devotional. Let's talk about it. Like, let's, did you pray about it? You know, and you can be helpful to him too. And so, and then together, you both are responsible for your children. And that is why she's getting up early to feed the house because she's spiritually feeding the house. It's not just about breakfast, though breakfast is important. Um... It's about all of those things. And, you know, as I was reading it, you know, a lot of things popped into my head. If I go into all of them, this episode will never end. Um, But also in the same vein of, you know, are you doing all of this at one time? We definitely live in a society where we burn ourselves out. We're trying to keep up with the Joneses. We're trying to do the most. So we out here working reckless jobs trying to also maintain houses, maintain families, stressing ourselves out. That's part of our problem. That's a whole nother podcast episode. But I think that part of marriage, part of relationships is serving each other, balancing each other help out, you know, helping each other out. The woman raising up the man, the man raising up the woman, both of you helping each other be the best people you can be. So one of the things that I have been able to see with my own parents is that sometimes when you go into relationships, things happen. Like things just happen. Life happens. People get fired. People get laid off. People get sick. People get hurt. So you may go into a relationship where the man is the breadwinner or the woman is the breadwinner. Like you go into this relationship and one person may be holding down the the steady job and the other one might be handling more of the domestic stuff but that can change at the blink of an eye and one of the things that i think is really being highlighted in the proverbs 31 verses is that this woman can adapt to all the situations like if her husband needs her to create something and sell something and be a businesswoman to bring money in she can do that like it's not like oh, well, my husband is broke now, so I need to leave him because I need a man to provide money for me. That's not how the Proverbs 31 woman is. But that also doesn't mean that she is a full-time breadwinner for her family while also being the full-time homemaker of the family and the full-time 
cook of the family. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, it means that she can do all of these things. And when needed, she can fill in wherever her husband needs her. And there's an important passage that I do want to touch on before I close out the podcast where it talks about the fact that her husband is known amongst the elders. He goes to the city gates. This was a thing in Israel, the elders, the leaders, they congregated at the gates. This would basically be like being, I guess, at the courthouse or whatever. Basically means he was a man of of importance within the community. And, you know, a lot of times we just focus on the fact that her being self-sufficient at the house allows him to go out, right? Because if she couldn't handle the home, he would have to stay at home to maintain the home. And so we kind of focus on that. But it's also an indicator that they are equally yoked. Because while she is maintaining things at home, he's getting things done elsewhere. It's not that he's sitting on the couch watching her do all of these things, being like, babe, you missed a spot. Um, They're both boss people. They're both exceptional people. And I think that is something that we're all striving for like I want to be the virtuous woman I want to be the best woman that I can be and I want to be able to empower my husband to be the best man that he can be and so in that sense I also want him to be you know all of these things like I want you to be able to go out and and be a great leader of of the family to be a great spiritual head and all of these things And I think that kind of gets lost and that's part of why it feels overwhelming because you have men who are ready to quote this and you're like, so I got to be perfect and do all these things and we're not talking about what this really means or how this really looks. And I just want to encourage, you know, the women and the men who listen to the podcast to think of this, like I said, in spiritual terms first then in the literal terms, and to remember to that the bottom line is about doing for others. It's about serving your family. But that doesn't mean that your family can't serve you. But that's not necessarily your expectation. I, I What I really want you to take away is that it's possible to be the Proverbs 31 woman, that God created us with the potential to be these awesome women but it takes humility and it takes patience and it takes time but the first thing you have to do is value yourself and it can't be that you're doing these things to get a man or to keep a man but you're doing them out of the love for your family and out of the love for yourself and out of your love for God and again that relates back to the spiritual piece of the fruit of the spirit and as long as you are fulfilling those fruit and allowing those fruit to be the labor or the 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 fruit of your labor and letting those fruit be the things that create your actions and, and whatever your product is then you're going to fulfill these standards that's that's what i get from this verse when it says that the fruit of her of her hands is what is creating this product that she's selling that is a spiritual reference. She is embodying the fruit of the spirit and therefore she is able to accomplish all of these things. And so I just want you to go out and not be discouraged by what the world is handing you. Don't give in, don't settle, don't turn to the right or to the left, but 
you can be this woman and whether you are all the way there you ain't there at all or you you know you got a little bits and pieces you are still valuable and you are still priceless and it's gonna be okay thank you guys for tuning in as always the show notes for this episode will be on my website um it's gonna be on www.psalmstogod.com slash superwoman um i can't wait to talk to you guys again clearly bubbles had a couple of words to say i don't really know what she said but i think she said you're awesome so i will see you guys next time 